0: Welcome, everybody, to Legal Tech Week for June 30th, 2023. This is the show where we talk about the top stories in legal tech and innovation from the past week. Uh, And uh, we have a a guest today who's going to join us uh, for a little bit to talk about one of those top stories from the past week. But before we get to that, let's uh, introduce today's panelists. Uh, I'm Bob Ambrogi, and uh, I have the blog Law Sites and the podcast Law Next. and. Victor, you want to kick us off?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Victor Lee. I'm assistant managing editor for the APA Journal, uh, handling business of law and technology. All
0: right. And Gene?
1: Uh,
2: yes, I'm Gene O'Grady. I write the Dewey B Strategic Blog, and I write a co- monthly column
3: for Legal Tech Hub.
0: All right. And uh, Stephanie?
3: I am Stephanie Wilkins, editor in chief of Legal Tech News at ALM. See, I almost got my intro wrong. I was just the one making fun of people.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, Joe. You're muted. Or maybe you're not muted. You're not working. Nikki.
4: (laughs) I'll go while Joe figures that out. Um, Nikki Black. I am the head of SME and External Education at MyCase. I write legal tech columns for um, ABA Journal, Above the Law, Daily Record, and I also oversee and author, um, My Case in Law Pays, Benchmark, and Industry Reports, among other things. Happy to be here. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I uh, I refuse to not be introduced last. I mean, come on. Like, I feel like this is uh, <laughs> my my acting credit requires to be the last one, like the special guest star on something. Uh, yeah, no, I'm Joe Patrice <laughs> from Above the Law and the Thinking Like a Lawyer podcast. And without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there.
0: I don't know why you always end up in like the upper right hand corner of my uh, Brady Bunch, uh, whatever it is, screen here. And uh, so I always get to you last. It's nothing personal. Um, All right. Well, there's lots to talk about this week uh, and uh, uh, a lot of of big news. And of course, we're going to try and get to uh, as much of it as we can. But I wanted to start today with a guest uh, who was in the news this week. Uh, Paul Garibian is the CEO of Noda, Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, appreciate you taking some time out from some time off of your own uh, to, to do this with us. So I appreciate that. And uh, Noda was in the news this week for relationship with the Florida Bar, which is uh, something that's the first of its kind to have happened in the country, and something that I think is a pretty cool development from a, a legal tech viewpoint. Um, so. Paul, why don't I turn it over to you and you can kind of give us an introduction to who you are and, and what this uh, relationship is that you have with the Florida Bar.
6: Yeah, ha- happy to do that. Really great great to be here. You know, I know some of the, uh, some of the folks here, but, you know, it's great to meet and make new friends. Uh, I'm new to legal tech. You know, I've been basically uh, co-founder and CEO of Noda, which has been incubated by one of the largest commercial banks in the country, M&T Bank out of Buffalo, New York. And we've started this journey in 2019 uh helping solve uh trust account reconciliation for solo small attorney firms and since then we've expanded into personalizing banking for uh, uh, the small law firms uh, in our country largely because we believe that they are underbanked and that traditional banking model uh doesn't meet their their needs my background is i'm a, a fintech uh, uh, veteran uh, so to speak i've been in the fintech space for 20 years and, um, you know, uh, for the last uh, three and a half, four years, I've been uh, focused on the legal segment uh, with Noda. So what makes this announcement uh, uh, very exciting from our perspective is that uh, we found a, a partner with Florida Bar uh, that really focuses on um, protecting the public. And one of the reasons uh, that, that that resonated with us is that we are we've been born in a community bank. Uh, And we really focus on our communities. And legal is one of those special communities, as you guys know. And uh, what uh, our um, uh, trust accounting module uh, uh, does uh, for uh, Florida Bar members is it basically makes it really easy for them to uh, manage their clients' funds. And as a result, they stay compliant. Uh, As some of you might know, that's one of the... Most number of complaints that uh, Florida Bar in particular has received had to do with um, uh, subjects around the IOTA uh, account. Uh, And so to be able to offer this comprehensive program for all of their members at no additional cost as part of their membership, uh, we believe is a groundbreaking um, uh, thing in the industry that we're very excited to lead uh, with the Florida Bar.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mention, but it was probably just about a week ago during this show last week that uh, their their newly elected president, Scott Westheimer, was sworn in and and he kind of announced this as as part of his swearing in. Uh, And, uh, you know, it really kind of made the point that, uh, as as Paul just said, I mean, trust IOLTA violations are among the most common forms of disciplinary violations among lawyers and, uh, you know, Scott. Scott's point of view on this is is you don't want to kind of change the rules to make the rules less lenient because the rules are there to protect the public. So you need to give lawyers the tools that can help them comply and trust accounting software is is a way of doing that. So, um, you know, I, I just think it's a really, really cool initiative. But uh, anybody have any uh, any any thoughts or questions or anything else on that?
1: Yeah, I was wondering, I, was wondering um, I mean, are you guys in contact, I mean, obviously, you, you can't divulge too much, but are you guys in contact with any other states to to do something similar with their bar associations?
6: Uh, yeah, great, great question, Victor. So, obviously, the plan was to uh, to start with the Florida the bar, but eventually, we plan to expand um, to the, you know, with two with, other bars as well, and, but this is one of its kind, so we're learning from this program, along with the uh, with a great partner that I think is very innovative and and thinks outside of the box. I think it speaks volume to their um, you know, to how open-minded they are in the way they try to add value to their to their members and the public. Uh, we have a few more uh, you know, obviously uh, that we're talking to, but those discussions are nowhere near as advanced as the one with the Florida Bar.
4: Are there plans to expand some of the offerings over time in terms of, um, you know, beyond just sort of um, bank and trust account management that are still fintech types of offerings?
6: Yeah, Nikki, great, great question. Uh, We have a very comprehensive product roadmap. So we're currently live uh, with our trust accounting module. We're live with our accounting module, which is basically a lean version of uh, QuickBooks specifically designed for attorneys to manage their Um, you know, expense uh, categorization. Uh, We're live with our deposit products, IOTA product, business checking, consumer checking, consumer savings. Uh, We are launching in um, a few weeks our three sets of uh, credit products, business credit card, business line of credit, business installment loans. Uh, And then we've got three or four other modules in a work, uh, you know, uh, that are, I think, are going to be fully integrated with everything that I talked about. So, the vision for NOTA is to be this comprehensive financial services platform uh, for the legal industry, starting with the solo small firms. And the idea is, you know, I personally believe in personalization. I think that's kind of the next frontier in uh, fintech. And uh, I think there's still a ton of opportunities to do that for um, the legal industry, starting with uh, solo small firms.
0: You know, I was going to ask you on that last point on the solo small firms. I mean, obviously, the Florida bar is, uh, was it 110,000 members? I think 111,000, something like that. And, and lawyers of all sizes, You know, it, it's it, all firms, all sizes. Um, but uh, I, I think this product, this problem of trust compliance tends to fall more heavily on solo and smaller firms than on lawyers in, in larger firms. And Paul, I wonder if you could just comment on that and what you're seeing in that regard.
6: Bob, I think you're right. Um, you know, and it largely has to do how much supporting staff they have, right? So you know, certainly, you know if you if you have 50 employees in a firm, you know, 10 attorneys, whatever the case might be, there is a lot more back office stuff that helps you. You probably have a number of CPAs supporting your firm, so it becomes less of an issue, right? But if you are, um, you know, a solo practitioner, or there, there is a couple of partners and a few supporting staff, uh, it just becomes very difficult to stay on top of this. Uh, there are certainly, uh, you know, we think QuickBooks is a good solution. There are a few others that kind of help them stay compliant, uh, but they're not as easy to navigate. Um, and um, you know, certainly, a lot of folks can make it uh, uh, can make it work, uh, but it's just it wasn't specifically designed, and goes back to my point and, and conviction around personalization. You know, when you basically have one product fits all, right? Whether that's an accounting software or whether, that, whether that's the banking model. Um, someone that has very deep expertise and experience in product it's just very difficult to design a user experience that meets the needs of all those customers. For example, uh, most uh, SMB accounting software packages have uh, cost of goods sold functionality in their workflow. Well, that's just that's not relevant for uh, professional services firms, starting with, you know, uh, uh, Legal practitioners, and so taking that functionality out creates a much cleaner user experience. One of the uh, first reactions that we get from uh, our uh, UI is that attorneys basically say, "Look, you know, we just feel like it's very clean, and it doesn't have a lot of the you know functionality that's irrelevant to us."
0: Good. Uh, any other comments or questions anybody has? Let's see. Was there was this something? Oh yeah information on where to find out more about it I think on the Florida bar website in the chat there um, all right hearing none uh Paul we can let you get back to your uh, back to your day and and uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today and happy to have a great uh, Fourth of July weekend
6: likewise thanks so much and take care
0: all right we'll see you bye, bye. All right. Well, uh, a few other things happened this week. Um, (laughs) um, Probably uh, not probably, undoubtedly. I mean, the one thing that everybody can't seem to stop talking about is the Thomson Reuters acquisition of case text. Uh, We probably all wrote about it in some way, shape or form. And uh, I don't know, I'm still I still don't Quite know what to make of it. I mean, it's been almost a, a you know a week since we've heard the news, and I still can't get my arms around how I even feel about it. I'm you know I'm thrilled for the founders of Case Text because I, I know them all. I've met them all. They're great people. Uh, you know I, I hope they've all become uh, filthy rich as a result of this and uh, do you know uh, go off and live on a Caribbean island or something for the rest of their lives. But um, I don't I don't know whether this is a, a good thing for innovation in in legal overall and and I you know I worry about what happens to that sort of innovative spirit that case Texas had when it gets under TR's roof I hate to say that TR but we've seen some good very good companies die there uh, some others have thrived there I mean it's not it's not across the board but um, and uh, and I'm still I'm still sort of befuddled about why TR wanted to spend so much money on this deal. Uh, and even I was on the investor call earlier this week uh, where they explained it to their investors and several of their investors were saying, you know, this is a a brand new product, essentially, the case Texas brought to market. Uh, you know, is it worth that money? And And why didn't you just build it yourself? So I don't know.
5: Because they didn't have anything, really. I mean, they have like, yes, they've been doing work and all that, but I mean, we talked about this when we had the juxtaposed Lexus showed us some cool things that they were working on and and Westlaw's presentation was, we're we're thinking about it. Um, <laughs> there wasn't anything concrete uh, that they had ready to go. Uh, there's very smart stuff, I'm sure, happening behind the scenes, but they didn't have a thing. Now they have a thing. They have a turnkey solution that they can, pipe all of their thinking about it into. Uh, I think they needed to do something like this. And yeah, it's not great for innovation when any company disappears. But I mean, the big players are still, you know, the big players, they still are going to be competing with Lexus on this. So I don't think it's the end of the world. I I like the idea. I think they needed to do it. I think it helps.
3: Well, not only do they now have a thing, they now have a team that is proven to know exactly what they're doing with this technology, which we don't know a lot of people know yet, and people can say they do. And not only, like, I was on an investor call too, and then I just put up an article that pulled together quotes from Lexis and Thomson Reuters on their different approaches to this. And, like, their big point was, like, not only do they know how to do it, they know how to do it with a database of legal precedent, which is smaller than TRs, but nobody else has really, I mean, the... the that is a very, very finite pool. So I mean, Joe and I were both in the camp of thinking when the first rumors came out that this would make sense, but looking at it that way, it makes even more sense to me. So I mean, we shall yeah. see, like you said, anytime the big kids come in and take over, who knows? But I think it makes total sense. You know, I, yeah, I, mean, I the we,
2: one question. Okay. The one question I thought wasn't asked at the investor call was, well then why did what were you thinking when you launched precision? because precision wasn't launched all that long ago. And it's almost as if no one at Thomson Reuters was looking over the horizon at the the technologies that were coming down the pike. And I find that absolutely shocking. And I also wonder whether this isn't all somehow, related to the ongoing gutting of support at Thomson Reuters had they you know they had gotten rid of Joe Rosinski who was one of the most forward-thinking people in the whole organization I mean I just don't understand what's been going on inside of that organization but obviously this was an important play to them and I don't know if you looked at my post I sort of looked at what are they actually how are they actually going to get the value because I took the 650 million dollars And I thought, well, they can't do anything with case text until they get the regulatory approval. Their their competitors are not going to stop. Everybody has AI products in the pipeline. So was Thomson Reuters trying to get ahead of the curve? What is the actual strategy? Because they may only end up, at the end of the day, being three months ahead of the market and maybe not even that because everyone else is now all hands on deck. We're gonna compete with this and everyone everyone can get the same technology. I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I will have to admit that Pablo is a complete Wonderfully loony visionary. I mean, he goes into these celestial mapping of citations. I love talking to Pablo. They came Pablo up-
0: Arredondo, who's the chief yeah. innovation officer or whatever he is a case text. Right. one of the founders. Yeah.
2: And, and they, you know, they came up with parallel search, which was really powerful before they even had co counsel. They came up with Compose, which was really powerful. You know, it was four years between when case text repeatedly invented new categories of legal research products. They invented brief, in my blog, I looked at it, it was, it was four years between the, the release of Cara and when all three other, Bloomberg, Lexus, and Westlaw all had competitor products to that. And the cycle has been compressing. And I think that's what's going on is everybody is trying to leap ahead. But for what thomson Reuters is paying, uh, they're only going to get maybe months of a leap
1: is it is it worth that money? It well, must. But in fairness, I, I mean-
0: don't, I don't it, think it is. Just sorry. go ahead, Victor. Why don't you let Victor go? Yeah. he's go he gonna go. Yep. I mean, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. Just like necessarily, we want to get ahead because, yeah, the regulatory process could drag out for like, God knows how long, right? I mean, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know what's gonna happen. We've seen deals fall through before, where you know, I mean, where for whatever reason. So, I almost it, it felt more like a Silicon Valley type deal. It's like they these these guys. Had a product that got a lot of publicity, um, had a, had a lot of like goodwill and like good reputation and like that kind of like name name power and brand recognition behind it, and they're buying. I think Tom Warriors, they're buying what they what they consider to be like the sure thing and like the market leader, and 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 you know regardless of whether or not. Did you know, like, 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 um, the other people, you know, like, you know, um, Lexus and like those other companies, whether uh, Bloomberg and whether or not they end up, you know, catching up or even overtaking them in the next, in the next, you know, few months or whatever, like that? I think they look at it as well. We have, we have the innovative, we have the innovative team that, that brought us these, you know, the, you know, like, like you said, all these, all these, all these, all these leaps forward and the, in the, in the, in the, in, the, in, the, in the, in this, in this area. So, why wouldn't they just keep doing that? Why wouldn't they just keep, you know, I mean, look, it's a lot of money to commit to that kind of a bet. But, you know, but this but businesses do this, this this kind of stuff all the time where they like they bet on they bet on, you know, people, they bet on products, they bet on like that kind of that kind of, you know, um, goodwill that they have with with the public, which, you know, I mean, look, we, you know, we also play a part in that too, right? I mean, where we, you know, we, you know, we've been we've been kind of we, we've we've done our, we've done our part by like kind of hyping up these guys and like not hyping up but like, you no, know, I mean, I mean, you know, like, like I, I don't want to I don't want to make that sound like kind of. Insincere, but like no, I mean we've 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 written about these products, we we we've given them, you know, their due and stuff, and so I think that that adds to it as well.
0: You're saying no, we should was... all get a cut.
1: <laughs> well, well, so so when they when when, when their flack uh, emailed me about it, uh, she was like, oh, if, if you need anything, just let me know. I'm like, can I get some money? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got plenty of it. She didn't respond, huh. so I was like, ah, oh, that's 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 unfortunate.
4: I was gonna say, I think it's a dual factor. Two things really stand out to me. Uh, talent, and as Guy just said, uh, he typed this right before I was um, thinking this through. And uh, you know, bidding war. I think it's the you know, kind of what happened with real estate during the pandemic. Um, the there were a lot of people clamoring, like co counsel, they did it right. Like t- Case Text did co counsel right, and there were a lot of different companies I think clamoring to um, buy them at that point mm-hmm. because, and, and this is where the talent comes in. This is a essentially a brand new thing, right? It hasn't been around for very long, and there were very few people that got in in the early days when they released GPT four to a few people, you know, to a few companies. And Case Text was one of them. And so, in in because things are moving so quickly in this space, a month is the equivalent of a year's experience in creating these tools and figuring out how to apply them and implementing them with other products. So, the, a lot of what they bought was that that truncated time that was put into there's very few people out there that have the experience let alone in legal with this technology and they've got it and so i think that that cannot be um ignored and then the other thing that someone else brought up that i also was thinking about um they brought up in the chat um was that thompson murders is a huge company and you know it's that concept of well those huge ships that can't turn but like a little motorboat can turn on a dime you need and it's and it's not just processes and structure. It's this innovative spirit and a startup innovation. You know, Startups are able to innovate and pivot on a dime because they have to, and they don't have a lot of people or processes. But once you get into larger companies, all these things get in the way and everybody gets kind of stuck in one framework. And so when you bring that on board, you have this mini innovative startup that they're clearly going to invest in and hopefully give room to do what they need to do. So they really, I think it was a, a super smart move and I can't wait to see what happens. I don't think it's just
3: going to disappear.
4: I think it's kind of built.
3: And I was similarly going to play devil's advocate on that. All they did was buy a few months point, which I think in a lot of scenarios is a valid point, but everyone started going all hands on deck and scrambling as soon as they released Coke Council, and no one else has done it yet. And you know, like that, like, like you said, that three months is a lot. So I feel like they can't well, have Harvey's been the out only there. one. Harvey
0: is very similar to co Yeah.
3: And they were the two that we know of yeah. publicly that had access to GPT four in advance. Yeah. And so Everyone else was scrambling to get, like you said, all hands on deck and no one did it in those three months. So I'm sure they weren't the only ones looking to buy them. And they even said in the investor call that they had a 12 month runway here to know how to do this stuff. So I mean, I think it is more than just the tech. I think it is the talent. And I think it, I mean, I think for Thomson Reuters, it makes perfect sense. Cause if they didn't, somebody else would have tried to, if not succeeded.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I got Go a ahead. quote from Ed Walters, you know, who's VLX fast case, and he said, you know we we already have a product in the pipeline, but <laughs> it doesn't matter who owns case text because we don't release vaporware was his answer. So they are getting ready to do something.
1: There was a lot of saltiness, like like <laughs> we talked about this. We talked about this like like uh, uh, offline. There was a lot of saltiness and kind of a, a lot of kind of passive aggressive reactions from competitors that I wasn't quite ready for because usually, Usually you don't see like that amount of like, oh, well, we already have this in the room we are we, we're doing this. We don't need that. You know, it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I had kind of asked Jake when I talked to him this week about that, this idea that maybe there's, you know, are we, are we somehow losing um, innovation within Absolutely. the legal tech space by losing case text? And, and, no you know, I mean, you, you talk, you talk about Kara. I mean, could could anybody have launched Kara within Thomson Reuters? Could they have even come up with that idea? It was so, it was so. Uh, what what am I trying to say? It was so unusual when they launched out, it. Out Nobody outside, was thinking about that outside
3: the, outside,
2: of- the outside
0: the power. box. Outside you the know, box. You be-
2: know, and it was also. It reminds me of Ravel. Ravel was the same way. It was like West owned all those citations for a hundred years, and yet Daniel Lewis looked at them and said. We can create new insights by tying them together and figure out what are the what how do judges think and what do they always what do they always cite to when they're presented with this issue? I mean, no one had gotten there before.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, Jake's you know Jake's answer was, oh no, there's plenty of other you know innovate well a fur is a his answer was we're going to continue to innovate and b his answer was you know any there's lots of other innovative companies out there and probably i mean you know 650 million dollars is is a pretty good motivator for people to get out there and start innovating if they haven't been innovating so far so maybe that's true i don't know
3: and I, I mean, I agree with you all in like the completely ideal world. I mean, there's a reason we cheer for these innovative underdogs, right? Cause we want them to be the one to succeed but now they've succeeded. and Now we're like, oh shucks, they're going away. I mean, but like, isn't this what we wanted for them but we don't, I mean, that's just how these things go. That's the realism part. And like, I was cheering for them too. And like, that's why we all started with this saying personally we're so happy for them as people. Cause you know, Jake, Pablo, Laura, all of them are fantastic. And this is, in theory, what we were rooting for all along. And I i mean, it's hard to have that small, innovative shop that
0: doesn't chat- they get big. Gee, just yeah. said in the chat exactly what I'm thinking in my mind as you're saying that, because part of the issue isn't that they got acquired, it's that they got acquired by Thomson Reuters. And I think we all have sort of mixed feelings about that, because, I mean, on one hand, Thomson Reuters That's has fair. done amazing innovations over the years. And, and you know, uh, I mean, Westlaw is, is you know, a leader in, in, uh, in AI and law and, and, and extremely innovative company. But we've also seen them take I mean I, I go back far enough to I remember when they acquired Fine Law and and or they they, they eviscerated Fine Law. They you know or yeah uh practical law they did a good job with practical law. You know, I mean yeah. it, they, they just don't have a very even track record. And and I I know from people I've talked to who've worked within TR that there is this feeling that that TR is is extremely corporate, uh, you know, organization. That it's hard to be innovative within that organization. It's hard to be agile, and uh, so I don't know. Maybe I feel I different. That, it was a different. I, that's way. totally I,
2: fair. That's totally fair. I mean, I also wonder if they have like a, like a like s- psychiatrists on staff to help people like. Pablo get into a corporate mode because it must be like, how do you not get the bend? Do you know what I mean? It's like, like, like you are, you are actually going into outer space. I know you're getting a lot of money, but once you get there, you're, you're going to wonder where's the North star. You know, like, I'm not this autonomous crazy, crazy genius anymore. You
1: know? Well, and, and we've seen it with a lot, with a lot of the other, with some of the other companies that get, that get acquired where, where it's like they come in, they get like a little, like a title, and they, you know, give a stay for a little bit. But then, but then, very often they just end up like leaving in a couple of years and then going, you know, starting a new thing or, or starting a new. Like I think mean, I think Dan Lewis did did that recently. Um, so it's like, so I mean, yeah, I like like I, I I on the one hand I figure, okay, well look, they've probably been around. They've probably been around, like you know, big firm lawyers, big companies, and whatnot, to at least understand what they're getting into. But yeah, you never, you never really know what's what's going to happen until you get in that environment. And yeah, it, it might, it might be, it might be too difficult, too difficult for them. But hey, $650 dollars is a pretty nice, uh, pretty pretty nice, pretty nice uh, 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 landing spot, though.
0: I I had an email from somebody at Thompson who used to work at Thompson Reuters this morning saying. I've worked on a number of these acquisitions and in so many of the cases, two years in, the people, we, the executives of of the company we acquired were all gone, they they couldn't stand to stay there. But on the other hand, those who kind of lasted that two years and continued on, many of them thrived and did really well. So check in two years, I guess.
2: I think the other thing we need to think about is who's going to pay for this. And, and as in, in one of my, my hats, I, I pay, you know, I have to manage budgets. And I assume that Thompson's uh, strategy is that the cost of it gets divvied up among all of its business units. And even if all this technology isn't benefiting you tomorrow, the prices at your next renewal are going to reflect this purchase. And you know they already are a super premium product with super premium pricing, so I, I I do have this wonder of how how expensive can Westlaw get before they kill the golden goose?
0: Yeah. Um, well, uh, I know some of us will be at Double uh, A Double L in a couple of weeks uh, in Boston, uh, and I suspect uh, I suspect there will be some talk about this. Uh, there and uh we'll we'll see the case text people there and uh hopefully they're buying drinks anyway
3: well i mean if you looked at it i thought this when the rumors came out if you looked at it like tr and case text are co-sponsoring all the same panels and they both co-sponsored codex and there's been a lot of that and i was like this feels a little legit
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um all right is that it is that have we have we answered all the questions about about case text. Um,
2: we'll probably be talking about it again next week, but that's, I guess it's good for today.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, whenever the deal is actually finalized and goes through, I mean, we'll obviously have to revive it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true.
3: All right.
1: You well, know, Regardless, the story touched a nerve with a lot of people. I mean, it's it definitely, a lot of people had reactions to it, you know, good, bad, neutral, both, all of the above, you know, so it's, you know, it, 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 I mean, I mean, yeah. Just even if we look at our, if we look at the attendance, like I think we've got, we got yeah. quite a bit of people out here that we usually come. So it's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's one of those deals where I think, I think part of it is because really we like. I'm, I'm sure most people, you know, in the audience even as well, we're just, you know, they know these people. You know, like you said, you know, I think most, of, most of us like these people, as part, as, 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 as individuals, as, 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 a collective and whatnot. And you know, yeah, like you said, it, it's nice. I think, I think. Um, uh, Stephanie was saying that it's 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 nice when good people get rewarded for yeah. for for doing good good things. But yeah, like what what does that mean for everybody else? It'll be interesting.
3: Okay. Yeah. I am I am curious with you all having been in the space longer because I know we were all surprised a little bit about getting direct emails, say from a specific competitor, as a like knee jerk reaction to this. How often have you seen something like that? I know that's obviously the first one I've seen, Never. but.
0: I yeah, think that, that, mean, that's where people surprised. put out a statement. Um... Yeah.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I mean, think when Edge was released, there was a lot of reaction by the competitors. I think that was a we we were all at a at a press party where where there was hysteria in other in other quarters. But an wow. actual email in
4: response to a, a large announcement, like an email that had like almost a defensive posture that was really yeah,
2: I, I have I have seen that before.
0: Yeah. yeah, I've gotten those before. The other thing, uh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead.
4: Well, it was another thing I wanted to. I I don't know if we've beaten the email thing to death. I had another issue I wanted to mention, so I don't want to.
0: On that, yes. on which no, on, go ahead.
4: Well, the other thing I don't think, at least I didn't talk about with any of you, was what was up with that late breaking and at like 10 o'clock at night or something. Like, what was up with that? Yeah. I don't know. If we Nine talked o'clock about
0: Eastern that. time, I think it was. Yeah.
4: Yeah, what was, I don't think, I've ever had such a major announcement, be this like, you wake up at one in the middle of the, in the middle of the night, I wake up, I'm like, what happened when I went, you know, I went to sleep, yeah. and this happened? Like, what is going on?
3: That was, what do you think that was? That was, the PR. Weird. yeah, the PR was dated for the next day, though, if you noted, but it did come out late. And I just happened to thankfully be on my email.
0: It wasn't an embargo, though. It was so nope. when it came out. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was. Do you it think was, they
3: screwed the time zones up? Or something, or the uh, time. I don't think the they
0: screwed day. the time zones up.
3: Well, I mean, it definitely stole the thunder out of Lexus's product announcement the next I day. Know, which was, you <laughs> know that 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 was something I noticed too. Did they
2: know that Lexus was about to make an announcement, and is that what the timing was?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's that's curious. You know, it's something else that Just I was just thinking uh, about related to all of us. Just noticing, uh, noticing Andrew Aruda is in our audience here. And, you know, if you, if you go back maybe five years or so, when you kind of look at the legal research landscape and you think about who were these sort of up and coming competitors to Thomson Reuters. And they were Ross and they were case text. And then, of course, there was a sort of the fast case case maker world. Uh, so Thomson Reuters has now sued Ross out of business, uh, acquired Case Text, uh, and then I, I think it was Dennis was asked, "Will this deal go through? I mean, is this an anti-competitive move by Thomson Reuters? And and if so, is it going to pass muster?"
4: I think it's going to go through. You're not going to announce it something that publicly um, if it's not going to. I mean. Th- th- I think it'd be highly unlikely, uh, unusual if it didn't go through. There would have to be something crazy coming up in the, um, they already had to have done some due diligence, if not all of it. I can't imagine that it wouldn't go through.
3: Right. And like, even case text would admit, you know, they, I mean, they've been doing this, but their database is not going to compete against, you know, a Westlaw or a Lexis. It's just too small. It would take them a long time to get to that. So I don't see it. They're in the same sphere. And they could just, what, they could just buy data scientists. I don't know. I don't see it. I think it's going to go
2: through. Yeah, and it's not like the their competitors can't get access to to the to the the uh, large language models. They can. They're just right. going to be different. You know.
0: Right. Yeah. And Case didn't have much in the way of market share. Frankly, I mean, there. I think even during that investor call, I kept saying Case Tech's, You know, revenue was was pretty minimal. Um, and uh, I, I keep hearing numbers around somewhere in the 12 to 20 million ARR yeah, range. That, I don't that's know. what
2: I've been hearing too.
0: So, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't seem that likely. But, uh, uh, you know, we're now seeing this condensation of the, of the legal research market. I mean, now Fastcase is in VLEC. Casemaker's gone. Uh, Fastcase uh, is gone effectively, uh, merged in with V-Lex. Uh But, it, but it, is is
2: still, going- a, it is still a lower cost researcher alternative. And who else is there? Is there anybody else out on the market now that that is a lower
0: cost? There was that crazy <laughs> <laughs> open from I know, calls from <laughs> Lexus. No, that Lexus, oh, one of right, the that Lexus one they started.
2: Jeff was in charge of. Yeah, Jeff I five. don't even
0: know if that's still going. I guess it is. I haven't yeah. heard anything more about it. But they they launched their own like legal re- free like low cost solo small legal research service last year, right?
2: Well, they're not promoting it, so
0: no. Anyway, all right. Um, all right, well, uh, moving on, um, I, I feel like I want to circle back to Joe because Joe has been patiently waiting now two weeks to tell us to tell us a, a really critical story about
5: law firm. <coughs> Well, okay. So
3: <laughs> but first everyone was asking what Joe was drinking if you saw the comments.
5: <laughs> it, oh yeah, it's a it's a milkshake from the local uh, ice cream joint. Uh yeah. so they brought that over and uh, delivered it to me. So, yeah, now I'm feeling very summery. It's well, not yeah. a
4: nod to that McDonald's TikTok <laughs> well, well,
2: trends that create
4: It what is, is it not problem? a
5: Grimace shake.
4: Okay, yeah. It is not <laughs> <Okay>. a Grimace <laughs> shake. It's not a
5: um,
2: <laughs> I was wondering. A
5: little <laughs> yeah. Not a piña colada. It's caramel bourbon, so like it's caramel flavored bourbon. It's uh, it makes it a little a little kick. Anyway, so uh, not a grimace shake. Let's uh, Let's jump in on this. So this is out of Britain. Uh, it is a wild story. Uh, a law firm in in England informed all of its associates that they were going to be getting salary increases, uh, which is nice. Um, they then clicked. it it explained, we're giving you a salary increase, click on this, uh, memo because we're giving personalized memos to everybody because, you know, they, they don't have across the board lockstep compensation increase. And they clicked on the HR memo and it was an explanation that this could have been a phishing attack. You shouldn't have clicked on this. Uh, people were fairly fairly annoyed by this. Uh, obviously, uh, I heard that partners threatened to quit. Uh, when partners are mad that you're jerking around associates, you know, you've gone too far. Uh, so <laughs> my takeaway on this was, I had a few questions. So their argument in defending themselves, because don't worry, they doubled down and defended themselves. They said that this is the kind of phishing attack that could happen. And so we just needed to do this. First of all, why would this be the kind of attack that happened? I mean, I'm, not really a tech uh like i'm not a programming expert but is isn't this the sort of thing that you could filter out at an enterprise level like can't an it group be filtering for things that pretend to be their hr department that use keywords like we're increasing your salary yada yada i mean right like isn't that something they can do well see so we got we got we got this uh, a couple
1: years ago where um Uh Those are those those are uh, company wide emails like, uh, oh, uh, click here for information about your bonus uh, for the upcoming year. Luckily, I guess not luckily, but luckily they had already announced uh nobody was getting a bonus that year because of uh, budget budget issues. So so thankfully, like very few people clicked on it because they were like, oh well, that's BS. We we're not getting bonuses. <laughs> but I, but I, not, was... I mean, I mean these people are good. You know, they're good. They're good at you know at at they're good at getting past whatever you know whatever. Filters are up. Whatever security systems are up, and, and they know. And look, who's not going to click on? Who's not going to click on an email about like, you know, increasing your salary or getting a bonus? Or whatever. I almost clicked on the bonus thing, even though, even though, you know, yeah, like we cover this stuff for a living, right? But like, <laughs> you know, but then I was like, wait a minute, didn't they just say that we weren't getting bonuses? So, yeah.
0: those who did click had their pay deducted. Probably. No,
2: it's ac- <laughs> actually true. Law firms do do tests like that, and. You do sort of like it, I think it's one of their policing things, and maybe it's how they get their their compliance, is they they periodically have to torment staff and, and humiliate them if they click on the wrong thing. Yeah. They they often look very realistic. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah, our company I mean, they, does that too. It's yeah. I like, most IT
4: larger companies staff does that because it they train you and then they check to see if you paid attention to the training. And I, I mean it is good practices, but I also think that there's probably other ways to do it that wouldn't. Be so upsetting to people i mean there absolutely are others that just don't involve salary right tell them that's a right. potential option but don't screw around with their like hopes and dreams like that you know <laughs> yeah like of look kind if, of one, email. if
5: you sent me something that was like a class a more classic phishing thing like hey can you help me out with this I, you know those things happen and i understand that level of testing i just feel like their idea to go with salary seem to be designed around the idea of, you know, like, like getting something that, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but, but, and yeah, and all I could think was you can't predict every phishing scam that's ever going to happen, but given that you can predict this one, how is there not, how is the effort not being spent on creating filters that, when when external emails start talking about compensation, they get sequestered or something like that. Like that, that's the sort of thing that if you're spending money on a third-party vendor, theoretically, this was a third-party vendor doing this test, then why aren't you spending that money to create this? Also, here's the next thing I had. This is a law firm. They were like, oh, well, this is the kind of scam that happens out there in the world. Sure. In the world, maybe. But to lawyers, is that the scam they need to be more worried about? What about the phishing scam that's like, here's some new edits to the memo or uh, here's our latest turnaround on the brief? That's way more likely to get somebody to accidentally click on a Word document than than a salary thing like that, because that's what every single day of their lives is spent doing, assuming they aren't in the cloud and doing various secure things that we all talk about how good they are.
3: Yeah, and just subject matter wise, it's just unnecessarily cruel in an industry that already has a reputation for being unnecessarily cruel. We've all talked about the culture problems at big law. This just, this doesn't help it. And I'm never the bleeding heart on this panel, but come on.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, well, yeah. uh, All right, well, uh, as long as we're talking about law firms behaving badly, let's talk about lawyers behaving badly because those are always fun to talk about. We've got a couple of lawyers behaving badly tech stories this week, uh, and Stephanie, you've got one of those. Wait, you want to? Sam
5: th- Alito, what?
0: <laughs> well, other than what's know, happening, other than what's happening in SCOTUS, but
3: uh, no, I was just going to say we should have a segment on every week called like "This is why we can't have nice things," and it's like. <laughs> There the the one Joe said I let him talk about, but there was also the flo- the lawyer lawyer the lawyer in Georgia that posted the TikTok that was like three ways we lie to juries, and like that ended up in overturning a 1.5 million dollar verdict. Mm-hmm. And like this thing is is that like three ways we lie to juries is actually not even correct. He was just talking about ways that like we're not allowed to say certain things in front of juries. But where he went really wrong, in addition to just calling it lies, is he actually gave Specific incidences in that case. Like, we can't tell them that post this, the insurance company did XYZ. And they did something about it. Was was, like,
0: while the case was pending. Yeah.
3: Well, yes, while the case is pending. And it was too much specific information. So, between that and calling it lies was stupid. But, like, yeah, $1.5 million verdict overturned because dude couldn't not post a stupid thing on TikTok. And he's like a lawyer who'd won awards before, too. It's just so dumb. Maybe not as dumb as the other one that Joe told us about
0: the other one is yet another Sony
3: continuing and
0: continuing the... tales of lawyers who don't know how to redact a document. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk you know, about that one you? Joe? Which, or which or one just... is this? I
3: don't know if you
0: wrote about it. the Sony, oh, the, the Sony, Sharpie.
5: Sony Sharpie. Yes. How, how are people still using Sharpies? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so no, this I, is it, a, yeah. yeah.
0: What was it, an FTC yeah. hearing, uh, and and Sony uh, had to file documents regarding PlayStation revenues or development or something Fortnite. like that. No,
3: it was was no, it was a um, couple of different revenues from
5: Call it's Call of Duty, right? Call, I, I you know, can't the, even remember
3: the end the end of the one that's a big Netflix show now or HBO show now.
5: the oh, Last of Us. Last end of, of us. us. Last of Us. Last of Us. us. Yeah.
0: Last of Us.
3: I always call it the wrong thing. The Last of Us. Yeah.
0: So uh, they 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 filed this document with. Uh, in this in this case and and uh, uh, with with redacted portions that would cut out information about what about their revenue share with other pro- distributors or producers or something, I, I didn't quite follow it. But the, the when media people downloaded it, uh, and I guess when they downloaded it and scanned it or OCR it or something, uh, I think it was when they scanned it. They were then able to see, Cool. what had been sharpied out it brought out the yeah. the contrast brought out the underlying text below where it had been sharpied and you could see all the numbers.
3: if you've never tried to if you've never tried to redact something with a sharpie and then scan it, which is a lesson I personally learned with like a writing sample in 2006 <laughs> if you scan the sharpie it then you can see through it. it's a little bit transparent and even though it's blacked out you can see everything that's written underneath it and I literally learned that with my personal scanner in 2006. And Like, I don't know of any tools. I mean, redaction is very basic, you don't need fancy, expensive generative AI, any of that. It's redaction, and Sony, of all people, used a Sharpie,
0: yeah. And the other thing we discovered is they cost what was it? Each of these different games they do, de- they develop, each cost like about. Two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars to develop, or something oh, like that. Oh yeah, which which means that uh, Thomson Reuters could have gotten three PlayStation games instead of k stacks <laughs> and they might have been, they might have been better off with that. But the redaction stuff oh. is just amazing. I mean, it's just it's just amazing how much that continues to be a continuing source of lawyer screw ups, and it it tends to not be like. You know, some small firm lawyer in a small town who's never heard of technology. It tends to be big firm lawyers or big corporate lawyers and in big cases who make these screw-ups. That's what's so funny about it.
3: Well,
1: and that's well, actually my and, bigger And, and it's always Sony, because, right? Oh yeah, it's
0: always, yeah. Ahead, it's always, it's always Sony. probably. Um,
1: well, 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 no, didn't didn't have like that? They had an email. They had an email issue like back, um, you know, like like uh, like like a while ago, where like a bunch of emails got got leaked at like. You know um th- 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 there was like all, all kinds of all kinds of like uh confidential information on there. There were all kinds of things that like were were embarrassing for them. They had like financials and that, that kind of stuff. and so and and I think um it, it affected it affected like the release of one of one of those one of those really controversial the the, the Kim jong un movie that um that 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 What's that, that wasn't racist thing I
3: thought that was the a- interview the interview Yeah.
5: Yep. all right.
3: But also, I mean, that's what gets me is that a big company like Sony, which implies rather than a tiny company, they have way more documents and things to redact. How are they the ones sitting down with sharpies and paper? It's not like they have three files. I mean, I don't. It blows my
4: mind. You'd think they'd have some sort of software that would do it properly, just to streamline the process, if nothing else. Forget about exactly and redactions. But <laughs> the
3: redaction's been around forever. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah.
0: All, all this reminded me that we forgot about the sound effects. We're, we're going to investigate how to get sound effects. Oh, yeah. No, I,
5: sound I, you know, I almost, I forgot to do that. I'll do that next week. I
4: think each week we should assign one of us to just make the sound effects. Don dun. Like you can just sort of view in the corner. <laughs> and then we'll vote well, on who well, did the best job once we've all had a chance.
1: Well, will we'll the cash register the cash register sound for, uh, for when we talk about case text. <laughs> right.
2: See, so, yeah, that was gonna like, be like, like Mad Money, you know, like like Jim Cramer and Mad Money.
0: <laughs> I wanted What was like the
5: Debbie Downer music
0: or something? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I have
5: <laughs> I have these, but I have to turn off right now. I have to turn off my voice to be able to play them. But like, I can work it so that I can do both. There's right, an iPhone app. Right. We don't need your voice. We'll just have I know. Sound I'm on. like,
3: you actually like yeah. want to hear
5: that. <laughs> you could
0: be our audio technician on this show. Right, um, like, all right. Well, let's see. There isn't
3: yeah. a,
2: a sound effects app that we can all download on our phones.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: oh, yeah.
4: Who did that, Victor? But
0: now you're muted still, Joe.
4: Who did that? Joe did that. Joe did that.
0: He's got a soundboard that lets him do sound effects, oh. but he can't do both his voice and that at the same time.
4: I mean, see right. then
0: I have like, to go We have to choose.
5: and turn it back. Yeah.
0: Case let's put it to the audience. Would they rather have Joe's sound effects or Joe's voice? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, let's not put that to
3: $650 million dollars and we just added a sound effect. We're kind of alike.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um all right. We should uh, speaking of Debbie Downer. We should probably talk about the Lexus Nexus news this week. I mean, that was sort of notable, even if it's not all that exciting or funny. G, <laughs> uh, you you wrote about it. I, did you think it was uh, notable at
5: all? Or? Well,
2: you know, I, I I think they got something on the market that demonstrates that they're using extractive AI. I mean, the, the truth is that there are they're following other products. In fact, even some of their own price, like it, it's somewhat similar. To an, it, the, what Intelligize does. B- Bloomberg had released a transactional intelligence center that had this similar functionality. And then Deal Proof from Thompson has been around for a while. The thing I do think it does differently is that it really focuses on the most negotiated clauses. And I think, and it, you know, so it has lots of things associated with workflow, it's being built into their practical guidance tool. So it'll be something that you can do while you're in the middle of your research. So I, I can understand where they're headed. So, you know, I, I think it's good. I mean, the other nice thing is they're just giving it to their customers as part of practical guidance, which some, some other vendors don't actually do. So.
0: But you have to subscribe to the m a library and practical guidance.
2: Yeah. Or yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. you have to right. be a subscriber to that to get right. it. But but yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting that they did that. And it's uh, it's kind of funny because I mean, there's so many of these. So, I was thinking about how so in so many ways, LexisNexis is kind of almost more a litigation tool. I mean, it's obviously not just for litigators, but so many of the tools, so much, so much of what you can do with a legal research, a brief analysis, all those kinds of things are all kind of litigation focused. And this is a, a really strong you know, uh, stab at the uh, transactional side of of uh, legal practice, and it, it seemed to be a, a pretty interesting tool from what from the demo I saw. I haven't tried it, but.
2: right. But what's interesting? I mean, let me just point out that I don't know. Twenty years ago, Thomson Reuters bought GSI, the best securities product on the market, and it is basically buried inside of Westlaw. They don't promote it. They don't train it. It's a it's a pretty decent. Product. And I actually talked to somebody this week who's involved in that transaction. So, I mean, just because you have products doesn't mean you're doing anything with them, you know, once it, once you own it.
0: Does that go back to the case tech story?
2: No, I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> uh, Sound
2: effect, Joe. Sound effect.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Was there.
2: Now, actually, I guess my other point was, in yeah. fact, I do think that the one competitor that does focus more for obvious reasons on transactional work is Bloomberg because they still have access to all the Bloomberg business data and they integrate that into the litigation data. So that I think they are in some ways very well positioned to leverage both sides of the marketplace.
0: Jason Wilson agrees with you 100%, I'm sure.
2: What is the prize?
0: <laughs> he didn't say that. I'm saying it for him. A milkshake uh, from
3: Joe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What, let's see. Got a couple more minutes. Nikki, you had in part you were going to talk about the AI race and legal, which is I, I think we kind of talked about that. We can talk about it more if you want. But you've also uh, looking at uh, billable hours and maximizing oh. billable hours.
4: I mean, it's, I'll put it in the, it's, this is more, I think most people here already know what time tracking software is and what it does. Um, I just, this is the article, you know, that I'd written, which was um, since last week that had been published was the ABA journal article about time tracking tools. And essentially like every two to three years, I will revisit um, different single use tools that are also features either in practice management or legal billing systems. Um, and time tracking was one that I hadn't written about since 2020. So, um, it just sort of talks about what it is changes in the market. There's been a lot of consolidation and some different types of features, um, added like passive time tracking is more, um, apparent in a lot of systems. Um, and then I talked about some newer players in the market that hadn't either, um, broadened a lot of the time tracking tools will broaden because they don't make enough money in legal when they're standalone and, um, include other industries like, um, uh ping did ping is no longer i wrote about that last time so i just tried to find some standalone um tools that are often used by lawyers to include for lawyers that really are just looking for a single tool in addition to the ones that um uh are and it's also often included in practice management and legal billing systems. so nothing like earth shattering but really useful for lawyers that are trying to figure that out so i just highlighted that some
5: might say the legal industry is some might say the legal industry is full of enough tools already. Um, some man, might. Man, man, <laughs> I
2: think Dennis just said that. Again, oh, sound, really? effect. <laughs> sound effect.
5: Yeah.
0: I do. Uh, and, and Victor, you did not have a story this week, right?
1: Yeah, I forgot to put something in. Sorry, we had we had some. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's been a crazy day, so I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah.
0: You were working. It's okay. Um, all right. Well, I think that probably does it unless anybody had any last minute things they wanted to bring up or sound effects they wanted to try out. If not, we will uh, all get an early start on our 4th of July weekends. And I hope everybody has a great weekend and uh, see you all back here next week again.
2: Hi everyone. Great seeing you. Bye. Bye.